Good morning, my brothers and sisters. Today is July the 31st, the last day in July of 2020. It is the 140th day of the virus. And yesterday in our podcast, we noted that the disciples had caught the tiger, if you will, caught the tail of the tiger, which is, Lord, I want to be with you. Lord, I want to see you. Lord, I want to hear you. And that's exactly what's happened. And they have to fall down because they caught God, so to speak, and couldn't stand because their sin was illuminated in comparison to the glory of God. Psalm 130 uh, actually says that really well. It says, if you should mark iniquities, who could stand? Uh, But they're spared. They don't get smoted. Uh, And Psalm 130 also says that because there is forgiveness. So today we're going to look at what happens amongst the Trinity. And we'll look at the Trinity today and the three things the Trinity says about each other. And what is given voice to. So we're in Matthew chapter 17 today. And really just one one big verse, which is Matthew 17 verse 5. Verse 4 says, Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it's good that we're here. If you wish, I will make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He was still speaking, this is verse 5, when behold, ta-da, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And a voice from the cloud said three things. This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased, Listen to him. So let's look at those three things that the Lord says as he overshadows them with his consuming fire, bright cloud. First of all, this is my beloved son. So a couple thoughts about that. Uh, These parallel what, what the Father said regarding Jesus at his baptism when the Holy Spirit came down in bodily form. So again... Same picture of a trinity, also noting this relationship. This is my beloved son. So somehow there's this distinct person, yet one God, one family of Godhead. And the characteristic that is described is love. Now, we find this love triangle of God, this fellowship and relationship that they have, and it's the highest definition of love. So this isn't some sort of a selfish love, which is an oxymoron. I, I, I get that. So this is the Godhead authenticating Jesus, authenticating itself, himself in its transfigured glory. You almost get a, a sense that, that we, as people, are interrupting this something that's been going on for a long time. This is not their first day as a trinity. They have this history, and we, as observers, are latecomers to it. So the the analogy I would have is, it's like when you meet this old married couple, and you know that they've been married for whatever, 50 years, they've got so much water under the bridge, uh, and when you get introduced to this couple, you're really introduced to three things. There's the, the one person, there's the other person, and then there's this relationship this marriage 
uh, th- that is happening. And to God's credit here, I think looking at it from the other way is marriages are supposed to reflect the glory of God. And so it's interesting that when I was thinking about an analogy for the Trinity, what I kept kind of going back to was was our imperfect and human marriages. It's like like the best we can do with regards to this. All right, number two, with whom I am well pleased. And this is the Trinity party that's happening, this self-approval amongst the Trinity. God loves himself, and we think, wow, that seems kind of selfish or whatever. But think about this. It would be inappropriate for him, for God the Father, to not think uh, highly of, of Jesus, if he did, if he did not, then his judgment would be faulty. So, it's absolutely appropriate that the Lord thinks that he, he himself, or the other aspect of the Trinity, is terrific because it is. So, it's not a false humility to say, "Oh no, you're you're not great." It's accurate to say you are great, and that's what the Father says here. This is Jesus, and I am pleased with him. I think you are terrific. So again, one part of the Trinity giving approval and pleasure and a celebration uh, of the other part. And so the practical part, then the third thing, is listen to him. He's worthy. He's authoritative. Uh, and in a sense, uh, doesn't even compare with Elijah and Moses. The whole book of Hebrews is about it. He doesn't, he's not, you can't compare angels to him. He is the cat's meow. Uh, he is superior. And so, you know, the things that distract us and things we listen to, pol- politicians or celebrities or, or even podcasters, except for this one, no kidding, uh, we're supposed to give ear to him. He, the father is of the Trinity is saying, do you see what you've got here? Listen, listen to him. And because he's authoritative, you know, his his commands and his promptings and his truths and his words are going to are going to be required of you. You're going to have to give account for this. So give a high priority to this. So my prayer today is that we too might be overshadowed by the this presence of the Lord. And and maybe too we can push this down the line and affirm and give voice to some some things. And let's appreciate, we may not fully understand the Trinity, and we don't, and I don't, and you don't, but but we can catch a glimpse of it, this this history and intimacy and love, and we can we can certainly tip our hat to it spiritually and and look forward to, to learning more about it. And and we when we go to heaven and we see the old couple of the Father, Son, and the Trinity, the, the old Trinity, and we ask, what was it like when you made the world? What happened on day four? You know, tell me about day four. They'll have a little, they're going to have a story for us. And then I was appreciating you guys. You're listening to him, leaving and listening to this podcast. I thank you for listening. Why? Because I believe that you're listening to him and his word by listening to this. So thank you for listening.